awesome. So I'm just going to do a little screen share to show off our awesome seasonal guide. So here, see that? Can anybody see the screen share? Yes, a thumbs up from Lan. So good. Yes. So yay, awesome. So this is um, on the, available on the Blueprint website. You just jump on the resources page. Um, and we have been journeying around these different marks. Um, so we've had um, acts of loving service, transformational um, works to undo structures of injustice. Um, we've had, what else have we had? Acts of loving service, there it is. Transformation is the green leaf. Transform unjust structures of society, challenge violence, pursue peace and reconciliation. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Boop, boop. Caring for creation, striving to safeguard integrity of creation, sustain and renew the life of the earth. And now this week, we're up to the red leaf, teaching. To teach, baptize, and nurture new believers. And so, yeah, I was thinking about this and was thinking about how it kind of seems kind of mainstream church, um, that this is like kind of central church work, you'd think. And it's interesting that we often think about mission as this kind of like external to like churchy spaces stuff. And yet this is a mark of mission. And so tonight, um, we're going to start with thinking about why is this a mark of mission? And we're going to explore a little bit the words teach, baptize, and nurture, and what that kind of like those words being included sort of means. Um, and then what I'm going to do is pivot and we're going to talk about um, the disciples approaching Jesus and saying, Lord, teach us how to pray. And we're going to do a deeper dive on um, the Lord's Prayer. So if you have a pen or paper with you, I um, would really encourage you to doodle and write as I share, um, particularly when we get to the bit about the Lord's Prayer. But I know that, um, yeah, had a lot of feedback from people that, when, you, when people have been encouraged to write as we go, um, it's like a lot easier to retain information. So just an encouragement in that for you. Grab some paper, grab a pen, grab a whiteboard, grab your hand and a pen, you know, whatever you need to do. Um, and we'll go from there. So um, teach, baptize and nurture. I'm gonna do another little screen share. You guys love how well I work the screen share function, eh? I've had heaps of feedback about how awesome I am in it. Um, yeah so good um where is it show all windows yes this is the one i want boom so good teach baptize and nurture um so what do these photos have to do with this um when i think about um i'm not even gonna actually turn on the powerpoint i'm just gonna leave it sitting here and it's kind of draft function just that's how that's how at home we all are here um when i think about the word teach i immediately think about my amazing friend Gemma who um, some of you guys have met, who doesn't go to Blueprint, goes to the street, but I lived with Gemma for a number of years. And she is someone that um, knew from the very start of her life that she wanted to be a teacher. She has always been phenomenal um, with like hanging out with kids. She's the kind of person that like, you just spend time with her in a room with small children and they are just drawn to her, eh? And they're just so empowered by her presence. And just is like such an incredible person to watch in teaching because she just makes so much stuff come to life for people. It's so beautiful. 
And um, something I loved about living with Jim is that she would always have amazing work stories about the outrageous things that her six, seven, eight-year-olds were getting up to. And one that really stands out to me um, all these years later is that one time she was up the front of the class and she um, saw one of her kids sitting on the mat and he was sitting there and he was like all like bound up and he was holding himself and he was shivering, like hard out shivering. And she was like, hey, like, mate, like, look, you're, you're shivering and you're kind of all scrunched up. And he was like, yeah. And she was like, are you cold? And he's like, yeah. She was like, you know what, like, what could you do about that? Like, do you have a jumper here? And he was like, yeah. And was like, okay, so do you want to maybe want to go get your jumper? You can put it on. And he was like, yeah, okay. And like goes and gets the jumper. And um, I just remember being so shook by that story because I had never known that children had to be taught how to like recognize that they were cold and like how to temperature regulate. Like I'm really diligent on making sure I never get cold. Like I'm like always wearing a hundred layers of wool. Like kind of just thought that humans knew that stuff. But apparently at some point in my life, someone taught me that I had to learn how to recognize the signs, put two and two together and solve that problem of like, I'm cold. And the reason I tell that story is because um, often in our journeys of, of learning, um, we don't necessarily realize it but all the way along so much of what it is to be human we are inheriting that from other people we are receiving teaching we are receiving learning that brings us into fullness and maturity and wisdom and i want to point out that the reason that teach is so important um, in these marks of missions is because our faith is inherited we learn the faith from our fano of the faith so we receive it um, it's relational um, knowledge and wisdom that comes to us from one another. And so teaching is really important um, because we need people to like help us put two and two together to be like, yo, you're shivering. Are you cold? Like actually help us to grow in the faith. And so teaching is really important. Next thing, baptizing. Um, something that I find super beautiful about the sacraments, which are, there's a number of sacraments, baptism is one of them, is that the kind of, um, color that has developed around the sacraments is that it's not something you just go out and do yourself it's not like you're like oh i want to get baptized i'll go take a bath or i want to get baptized i'll go jump in the sea like it's something that you do together there's someone that um comes there's a group of people that come and they witness you getting baptized there's people that get in the water with you there's people that help you to like fall back into the water and then they pull you back up and they pray for you all of that is done collectively. All of that is done communally. Same with Eucharist. We don't just go up and grab the bread. It's always given to us. It's always something we receive. And so what we understand by this is our faith is not individualistic. It's collective. It's communal. So teach, baptize, nurture. Got a picture here of the harakiki. I was reminding us of that earlier on. Um, with plants, you know, they have the little ones at the, at the center. A plant needs a lot of things to survive and grow. Um, and yeah, the detriment of one leaf getting an infection, like my sage plant got this weird mold on its leaves. And now there's like mold on heaps of the leaves of the sage plant. Like the whole thing um, thrives based on how all the other ones are doing. So the nurturing um, of our journeys of faith um, are ones that we do together um, and we need one another. So the little leaves need the bigger leaves. The bigger leaves also need the little leaves because they're the ones that come next and continue to give life to the plant. 
Um, and so I guess what we see in this image of Harakeke and what I want us to like hold in our minds when we think about nurturing is that um, it's good for us to grow. It's good that, um, yeah, that is like a, a thing that God intends and um, gives to us as a good gift is to grow. So this mark of mission is to teach, baptize and nurture new believers. And all of us at some point started out as new believers and all of us are called to grow. We're called to move from being the little shoots out to the afirito shoots, out to the big tupuna shoots. We're called into um, sharing, teaching, baptizing, nurturing, um, being alongside um, people that get in the water with others and baptize them, people that get along to someone's baptism and witness that. Um, all of us are called to input into one another's journey. And so, yeah. I think those are just important things that I felt like compelled to share about. Um, and what I want to pivot now to is a little bit about my story at Blueprint and then talking about the Lord's Prayer. So for me, um, I joined Blueprint because I um, had come to faith, journeyed through faith, was really into my faith, um, wanted to live wholeheartedly in it, wanted to be challenged, but wanted to share it, wanted to know how to move from knowing some stuff myself to to actually being able to like give that away and to see other people emboldened and to be able to grow in their faith and i don't know if any of you guys have had this experience of like learning how to do something yourself and then going to have to teach it to somebody else and being like uh like how do i talk about this how do i actually move past it just sitting with me and i think that the journey of moving from just knowing how to do it yourself to actually being able to explain and give that gift of knowledge away to someone else is actually both empowering for the person who's learning, but it's empowering for the person who's teaching. Like I think God intends that we move into a space of teaching so that like we ourselves are blessed as well as we're blessing others. Um, so there's something wonderful that happens when we move from knowing it to actually teaching it. Um, and I have so much respect for um, a number of amazing teachers that are around me. Um, something that's been so beautiful this year, living with Brianne, is seeing how amazing she is as a teacher. Um, just like so good at empowering other people to like step through things and um, actually do them. It's just been so cool to see and to learn from. So that's been my experience um, of like coming into Blueprint, wanting to know how to share what I believe and to see other people flourish in their faith. And what we see in scripture is that a massive part of Jesus' life and his ministry was um, going out and praying and spending time with God. And um, we hear Jesus say, like, I only do what I see the Father doing. He was directed and led by God. And that came about through prayer. And when he is cruising around ministering to the people, um, he says to the disciples, like, oh, the way um, that healing and transformation comes about is through prayer. And we get this verse in Luke 11, where it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And then Jesus says to them, when you pray, say, and then he teaches them this prayer. And a lot of us know that as the Lord's Prayer, but what I want to do tonight is share a bit of a, a way for us to understand the depth of this prayer, to take hold of that so that we can um, 
grow as people of prayer and so that this little framework of how to think about prayer can be something you guys can teach other people because all of our um, journeys of faith aren't just for us they are for the life of the world and they are for us to give away and so um, yeah it's important for us to know the stuff to practice the stuff um, and to live that out um, we've got we've got to be doing that um, before we can actually teach others but it's important that as we're learning and growing, we're thinking about like, how do I give this away? And so, yeah, tonight we're going to focus on the Lord's Prayer. So I sent you guys this funny little cute picture. Um, a number of people got this this week of the Lord's Prayer. And if you've got some paper with you, what I'd encourage you to do is draw a hexagon and like a big bit in the center of the page. Um, because as you can see from this little picture, the Lord's Prayer has these six different aspects that it can be kind of broken out into our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever and so um this is kind of a way that the lord's prayer can be broken down more or less and um I'm going to read a little bit to you guys from a book and I'm going to yarn a bit and um, we'll see how we go for time. There's a video that I thought about playing, but we might have to actually like move that to next week. We'll just kind of see how people are tracking. Um, but yes, I'm going to read to you guys. So yeah, this is the model of prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples when they ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And um, what is yeah what is really beautiful about this is that um like god is really deeply interested in relationship and open um ongoing relationships with us and that being kind of like a ongoing forum and we can talk about this as our walking with god um life is this process of us learning how to walk with god relate to god and communicate with god and um yeah i guess what we see in this prayer is there's like um there's such connection to our daily lives in this prayer from what jesus teaches and that is really apparent right from the start where jesus opens this prayer by saying our father and um the aramaic of this which is um the language that jesus spoke the word he used for father in as it's recorded in um luke and matthew's gospel is the word abba and the word abba is like a really colloquial kind of um like intimate name it's like dad it's not like removed like the language the associations i have with father is like real formal and removed but it's it's very kind of connected language it's like oh dad um so it's like oh yeah dad um so this prayer starts with this acknowledgement of um intimacy and connection with god and i was reminded thinking about this of this thing that kirsty johnson says which is that um often we end up um, living and praying as if we're forgotten orphans, we're actually, we're beloved children, remembered beloved children of God. And um, starting prayer by taking hold of that, of like, oh, dad, <laughs> um, is a really beautiful reminder from the get-go in this prayer. And Jesus is praying this where he is feeling the biggest kind of physical separation from God that he's known. Jesus comes from the intimacy of the Trinity to earth is kind of, 
I, I, you know, you kind of think like, oh, this is like a time of estrangement for you from the Trinity. And yet God, Jesus still uses this language to refer to God um, as one that is like intimate and close. So dad, and then it moves from there um, to him saying like, hello, be your name. And so this first side um, of your hexagon, um, we can like characterize as talking about the father's character. So Jesus is referring to God as both dad. Um, so dad in heaven and then saying, hallowed be your name, saying like, you are holy, you are like vast and wondrous, and yet you are intimate and close. And so the prayer opens with these two ideas of um, both um, close proximity and vast um, difference, holiness, wonder, um, like glory being held together. So that's the first side of the prayer, the father's character. And then the second thing is um, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so there's this prayer from Jesus saying, um, your intentions, your plans and purposes, um, you're, you're the king. Um, this world, I, I want to see your plans and your ideas flow forth in it. And so um, kind of like a, a welcoming of um, both God's intentions for us, but also an acknowledgement that like we are God's children. If we've just said God's our dad, we are God's children and we are kind of entitled to know what's going on with the family plans. We're in, we are um, welcome to initiate and say like, your will, your intention, I want those things. And so we can ask for them and we can listen to hear them. So there's the second side of the, um, the hexagon is the father's kingdom. The third side um, of the hexagon we get to is give us today our daily bread. And this one is one that I really love. And you guys will have noticed that we've been cranking the daily bread song throughout lockdown. And I think to me, the, the fact that we're invited to pray for the things we need daily, just the like sustenance to, to get us through is so beautiful. It's such a, um, a beautiful thing that Jesus says, like, pray for this. Like, humans are needy. And in prayer, it's okay that we admit those needs. Um, I'm an Enneagram too. I'm on the long journey of admitting and recognizing needs. Like, thank you, God, for giving me a way to um, be invited to bring those needs, to recognize what they are and to bring them in prayer. We have emotional, spiritual, physical needs. Um, and we need to get those needs met um, and it's okay to ask. So we're invited. Um, this third side is um, the father's provision to come and to um, yeah, say like, I need the daily bread. And an image that um, I associate with this is the idea of like kids putting out their lunchbox at the end of the day um, and asking like that gesture of like, my lunchbox is being put out, like I'll need food again tomorrow. Like, can you fill this again for me? Um, so that I have what I need for the day. Um, and then the next part of the prayer is forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And there's a number of different ways this is translated in different, um, like translated into English. And it's sometimes like forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. And some of those images of debt and transgressing are actually like more helpful to get our heads around than um, um, sins, I think. So the idea of transgression, like imagining um, 
each of us has our kind of like bubble of our lives. And sometimes um, we like bump into one another and we overstep the mark and we um, like cause one another pain or um, like just move into one another's spaces or we incur a debt with one another. Um, and I think that that language is helpful of saying um, like, uh, there are spaces in the week where I have um, overstepped um, or there are spaces where I've run a debt up with somebody um, in the way I've interacted with them and the way I've thought about them and the way I haven't lived into um, the fullness that God you're inviting me to um, and to admit that and to say like, I need forgiveness, I need freedom from that, and I need help in that space. And I love um, the the Mises translation of um, um, Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer. Um, there's this really beautiful bit that I think is super helpful. So um, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus, um, like that story is told both in Matthew and in Luke, like him teaching the disciples that. And in Matthew's, it's like a little bit longer because Matthew seems to be just a bit more of a wordy guy. but um, yeah, after Jesus teaches the Lord Prayer, there's this beautiful bit um, in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew 6, where it says, in prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. And that's been helpful for me um, in understanding forgiveness, that um, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, that there's just some inherent relationship between our work of giving forgiveness that is just bound up with also the receiving of forgiveness that um like there's they just kind of they just kind of go together and that um god isn't like withholding forgiveness from us when we don't forgive others out of spite but there's just some sort of relationship in the spiritual cosmos where um the giving of forgiveness and the receiving of forgiveness are like bound up and so this moment of, of prayer and the lord's prayer is um a reminder of um the forgiveness that god offers us and that god invites us to also give to others so this is this moment in the lord's prayer um so that side is the father's forgiveness and then it goes on to lead us um not into temptation um and this is this um side of prayer that is around the father's guidance so acknowledging that in the world um, there's like a lot of different spaces places ways we can interact and that um yeah we actually need god's guidance and we need um wisdom and input um, from god um, and we need god's protection in order to know where to put our feet and to, to where to move forward to and then the last one, the last side of the hexagon is the father's protection. And so this is, and deliver us from evil. So acknowledging that um, evil is at work in the world and um, comes against us and that we actually need, um, yeah, we need God's protection against that. We need, um, yeah, God's protection. There's kind of not more to say than that. So this is this kind of six sides of the Lord's Prayer. And I'm just going to run back through them again. So we have the father's character um, our father in heaven hallowed be your name that god is intimate and close and also vast and holy and then we have the father's kingdom your kingdom come your will be done 
acknowledging um, that it's God's reign and God's world and that we long to see God's plans and ideas emerge. And then we move to um, the Father's provision. Give us today our daily bread, noting the things that we need. And then from there, we move to the Father's forgiveness, that God is offering us forgiveness and um, we're invited to pray, to ask to receive that and also to release, acknowledging that we are going to need to release forgiveness to others. And then there's the Father's guidance, guidance, lead us not into temptation. So guide us, like lead us and then deliver us from evil. So protect us, the Father's protection. So this is the six sides of the Lord's Prayer, um, which is, is kind of, I guess, Jesus is teaching this model of prayer and it's like themes to pray into. It's like important stuff to pray into. So there's not that many times in scripture where Jesus says like quite explicitly, like he talks a lot in parable, like there's a lot of stories about like God's nature, how the kingdom works, what it looks like for people to be in right relationship. Like Jesus told story a lot. There's not heaps of instances where he's like so methodical or like clear about things, but this is like a really beautiful clear space where Jesus says like, this is how to pray. Um, and so I'd really want to encourage you guys to use this um, thematic way of praying to pray through certain things. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking it's 647. I'm just going to stop the screen share. And there is like a little video that I could show us that's like three minutes long. Um, or we could pause here and then go on the video next week. I'm gonna do a show of hands for the video. Hands up for the video and hands not up for the video. Okay, we've got kind of one, two, three, there's a foot. <laughs> Just this is calling toilet or half time. <laughs> do we think that's a video? That might be the video. Um, okay, I'm gonna try and show you guys the video. It may just be a whole nother reality as to whether I can actually show you the video because tech challenged. Actually, do you know what? I can't show you the video because I had to restart my computer earlier and it's going to take me ages to find it. So I think that's decided for us. So suspense, we're just going to have to wait till next week. So what I want us to be challenged in this week is to really like, if you know the Lord's prayer and you can just rattle it off, to slow down and to pray it with these themes in mind and to bring the things you're praying about to mind and to pray through them using this framework. And what's real helpful about it is that um, if you kind of like drift off and start thinking about like your assignment or like, what am I going to eat for lunch while praying, which all of us do, um, this is quite helpful because you can remember where you got up to in the prayer and just go back to it. It's like, oh, I drifted off at the part about forgiveness again. All right, let's like jump back in from there. So when you're praying about something, like pray through these different sides of prayer um, with the things that you're holding. And um, what I think we're going to do next week, because we're in the middle of this series, as we'll show the video, um, which I think really like brings together a number of the things we've been journeying on, particularly around how do we pray um, into big um big things of injustice and big gnarly things that are going on in the world um and then yeah kind of shake things up from there so i think i think that's what we'll do we'll leave it there for tonight um but yeah i just want to encourage you guys um 
to be people of prayer and to use this and um, to really like practice with this this week because we're going to come back to it next week. And um, like over the last little while, we've talked about a lot of stuff, um, both in sermon time, but also just in general, there's, there's been a lot going on. Um, and so, yeah, just want to encourage you to use this as a kind of model of prayer to journey in, in the week. Um, would really welcome people's feedback around how you're finding it. I'm confused. What's this side mean? Things like that. Really, like, please hit me up. Um, and we'll kind of hit this again next week. Watch the video and we'll be journeying on with the rest of the Mark submission.